Welcome to a new episode of Bitches Brew. I'm Aditi. Hey everyone, welcome to Bitches Brew. As Aditi said, I'm Alina. We're recording from Goa and we've got a very special episode for you. We kick-started season two a couple of months ago and we released our first episode, which was about alternative health practices. And I hope you got the chance to tune in. This week, we're going to be exploring our relationships with our fathers. We're quite excited about this episode because it's kind of a reflection of what we did um, in season one with mothers. And we've got some voice notes for you of people describing their relationships with their fathers. In general, it's an episode that I think will hit everyone in the fields. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start with relationship with fathers, right? It's like... Can't live with them, can't live without them. We're all pretty much reaching our 30s now, which is, you know, on an average, our fathers would be around 60. Um, the Indian father archetype is a complicated one. In, like, popular and mainstream culture, we've always been subjected to this idea of a very strong, doesn't cry, doesn't, like, express emotion, controlling kind of a father, Indian father archetype. And obviously, given our own relationships and relationship of our friends with their fathers and our listeners it's pretty evident that it is truly a very special heart to deconstruct or heart to dissect sort of a relationship and as Alti said this episode is sure to hit you in the fields there's a lot of especially as women I feel like there's a lot that we inculcate from our fathers and there's a lot that we also inculcate and then rebel against right and rightly so because even with the most progressive fathers, there's always that undertone of their conditioning, which feeds into certain patriarchal or mainstream constructs that we, I think, all, all of us eventually do end up breaking out of. But it's within this very kind of complicated, enigmatic relationship that we find a lot of solace, a lot of love, a lot of just joy, frankly, um, and a lot of growth, at least for me, like, my relationship with my father is kind of like the cornerstone of every other relationship I have, especially as the only child. You know, when I was younger, obviously I would admire him and put him on a pedestal and he was just sort of this hero figure to me. But as I've gotten older, I do see him more entirely and I'm really able to see him now with his flaws and his shortcomings and his weaknesses in place. And I think somewhere I kind of want to normalize, quote-unquote, men expressing weakness. I do think it's very important for us as a society to embrace that aspect of masculinity, so to speak, because that sort of masculinity has really ruined a lot of us. I think that's probably why people have such complex relationships with their fathers, particularly in societies like ours. Because on one hand, they're your rock and they're your security blanket and the represent everything that is strong and safe and nurturing for a lot of people. But on the other hand, they also represent the thing that perhaps holds you back in a lot of ways or the thing that pushes you down in a lot of ways. You know, 
I think in a lot of homes, fathers sort of have a habit of stifling any expression around them that they don't approve of. And that creates a lot of tension. And for households like that, I think there's a sort of distance that develops when you become more independent and you start living your own life and you kind of want to break away from your father's family. For me, it was quite the opposite because... My relationship with my father strengthened as I grew older because my father became more vulnerable and more open as a human being to me. He started to treat me more as a person. And so we became quite close, you know. So in my father, not only do I see a very, like, joyful childhood where he was this hero, he was in the military. And you know, so I had all these, like, idealistic expectations of him. But then as we grew older, I started to see his flaws and I started to disagree with him more, but it only brought me closer to him. And yeah, it's one of those relationships in my life that I, like, I can't imagine my life without it. And I can't, I feel so lost if I ever think of my life without, without my father. He's, he's my pillar of strength and he's everything that's safe to me. I think before we get into the episode, which I think is going to be a really interesting one, I want to raise two points. One is that you can listen to Mothers from the first season. It's the seventh episode and it's available across Spotify, Google, etc. And another is, uh, I kind of want to read out this really short poem by Philip Larkin about parents. Mm. Be the I girl. love this poem. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So I'm just going to read it out as like a, whatever, precursor to the episode. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. But they were fucked up in their turn by fools in old-style hats and coats who half the time was sloppy stern and half at one another's throats. Man hands on misery to man, it deepens like a coastal shelf. Get out as early as you can and don't have any kids yourself. <laughs> cool, let's get into it. I think uh, one of the things that really defined my dad and I guess most Indian dads would be the sense of uh, knowing what is the right way of doing something. Um, and if suppose there are kids, uh, so in my case, my dad and I, if like I don't do a certain thing in a certain way, um, then there, he gets a little anxious about life in general. Uh, one of the examples I can give is um, the way that we approach uh, friends in our lives. Um, he, as a businessman, has always put a ec economic long-term plan for everything. So, like, he would choose his friends based on um, are they actually worthwhile hanging out with do they have some vision in life? Um, and is there a way that, you know, they are financially useful uh, to him? And my way of picking friends have always been, <clears throat> are they type of people you can trust or hang out with or uh, give you a mental sense of uh, happiness? 
rather than of actual you know financial goods or something like that and so i do occasionally get the comment hey this friend of yours is good like he's working hard and he's like useful in life the other guy is probably you know he's completely lost you shouldn't hang out with him uh, like he it's kind of a bum so you know like uh it, and, but like when it comes to all my friends like all of them are there for me when i really need them if i have to uh if something's happened at home like the people i call like they'd come for me but like i know that when it comes to my dad's friends um suppose he's not doing as well uh business wise uh i don't think that they would really stick their head out for him so uh you know we approach it in a different way um he does try to be very direct about it sometimes but like it's just a thing that you just have to learn how to ignore and pro- he'll probably forget it in the next 15 minutes or so and uh various things in life have the same way that he approaches is my relationship with my father um kind of worms um but you know some good some bad and i think it changes as you grow up um and i think that's a huge part of any relationship um you know that it changes and um it matures with time into whatever form that it comes to in the end um what was my relationship with my dad as a young girl i i think i had a pretty decent relationship with him you know he was always a loving adoring father and you know he did the father duties the traditional father duties which was that he put food on the table and that you know he was a corporate guy and he financed everything he was he that was his fatherly role he was never the kind of father who uh did like too many of the extracurricular activities and things that was more mom and mom did more of that stuff but father was very much like um like he had we did fun things too it's not like we didn't and uh, i think he adored me a lot and there's a lot of love and um this is a lot of love there but i do think uh, it wasn't uh, very there was always a bit of a distance um i think uh, somewhere i think only like growing into my teenage years that relationship started to change a bit more um my father's always been an advisor and a man of few words like all dads i think cuz men unfortunately from that time uh, like my father's 60 now i don't think they were encouraged to speak much or voice or articulate um their thoughts and feelings too well um so yeah that was that What is one thing about my father that I want to never change? I think the thing I would never want him to change is uh, his wild sense of humor, his ability to be the life of a party. I never want him to stop being my best friend. I never want him to stop spending time with me, stop treating that time as though it was the most valuable time he had. I never want to stop being his best friend. I want him to never change his ability to grow and take on new challenges to be trying adventure sports at 50 60. I never want him to stop traveling. I never want him to stop being curious about the world. I never want him to stop doing the crossword, to stop watching trivia shows. I never want him to stop running and dreaming and um 
Yeah, I, I don't want him to stop being him. Ever. Because I, I, I love him just the way he is. So one of the best things about a father-son relationship is you learn two different perspectives. Now, I'm born in 1990. I've grown up in this new generation. My dad is born in the 60s and he grew up in a different generation. The one thing I admire about his generation is loyalty. Uh, that's one thing my father has always inculcated me be loyal be true be honest with the people close to you be it family uh, be it friends be it business associates you know there was a lot of word of mouth there was a lot of emphasis on how things were done be it in a personal circle or in the professional circle word of mouth mattered it's a bond like in today's times like you know i work in entertainment i would prefer everything to be in written because you know a lot of people take advantage of you if it's just word of mouth and the industry is not well known for, uh, for its practices so yeah so one thing my dad but you know it surprises me that having a father from a generation that believes in those practices and has had success for over 40 years with those practices it kind of baffles me so i think i admire that about him and i try to learn from it every day and i think that's one of the most uh, important values my father has taught me be loyal like he believes in giving second chance and third chances to people who've wronged him but he knows that you know there's good in people he can see that and I don't get that loyalty, especially when people have wronged you. He still sticks by it because he knows they'll come around and it'll be fruitful in the long run. And I kind and he kind of learns from me that sometimes second chance, third chances shouldn't exist. So I think he hates uh, accepting that, but he also understands that his self-respect matters, his uh, safety and his family safety matters. And I think overall we learn from each other it's the things that ba uh, the things that baffle uh, us about each other are the things that we find hardest to accept but also the things we need to learn the most i think dad when he was younger when we were younger he used to play the guitar he used to you know he was a little bit more outgoing when he was younger and i think somewhere in the last i want to say 10 years he's sort of kind of gone into his shell a bit more. I would like for him to go back into that more sort of fun-loving, playful side of him where he was more engaged with music. And um, he, he tells me that he did yoga for 30 years. Like, I kind of want him to get back into that more extracurricular life because I feel like what he does outside of work um, changes his personality. That's one thing. Um, and I'd wish for him to... I wish my father didn't... Uh, I wish my father didn't have a problem with apologizing because um, I think he's done so much and I just kind of wish he didn't have so much of an ego and he was so proud. I feel like if he was able to put that aside and say, I'm sorry, I did this. I actually think it would change a lot of the, it would take away a lot of the hurt or heal a lot of the hurt that members of my family feel from him. Because my dad is not one to apologize. Um, we've come to accept it and we've figured out a way to navigate around it. Um, and I, even as I'm saying this, I feel this like pang of guilt where I'm like, you're being ungrateful. Your father's done so much and now you're talking about him like this. And like, you know, you're shaming your father. I'm like, no, I'm viewing my father as a human being. That's it. My father is not a god. He is a human being. 
and I like that goes for both parents, right? Like I think we think of parents to be these people who are supposed to just know what to do, just know to do the right things. And I know people who have completely severed relationships with their families. Um, I don't have the heart to do that. Um, not, not even the heart to do that. I think I, well, one, I don't think I've been treated that badly for to do, to do that, touch wood. And two, like, I do think that forgiveness needs to, is a huge part of relationships. Sorry, this is segueing. But yeah, I wish my father was um, okay with apologizing <laughs> and didn't uh, take this uh, very stubborn stance that he is right and that, you know, I am right and you are wrong, whatever. <laughs> But it's okay. I think it's fine. I think sometimes, I think deep down everybody knows their truths. And um, if he struggles with that, he struggles with that. I accept him like that because end of the day, he's my father. And that's the only person I will tolerate it from. I will not tolerate. I mean, I will, I will tolerate a lot of crap from my parents purely because they're my parents. Not for any other reason. And I don't take bullshit from other people. What do I think my father was uh, like as a young man? I think he was painfully shy, which he isn't anymore. I think he loved Bollywood music. He loved Bollywood movies, um, which he still does. It's one of his biggest loves. I know that if he had had the opportunity to live his life differently, he would have wanted to be a pilot. He could have been a radio jockey. He has the smoothest voice and the best musical sensibilities that I've ever seen in anybody. Um, I think as a young man, my father felt that his hands were tied. And I think one of the things he really enjoys being older is, is the sense of freedom uh, that comes with age that he never had when he was younger. His family was very financially dependent on him and he, I think he really had to put his responsibilities ahead of what he really loved. Uh, and that cost him, it, it cost him something big. But I, and the, the best part is that that cost is not eternal. You know, I see him, he takes music lessons now, he plays golf, he sings karaoke. You know, I can see that that life was not lost but it is like a life unlived and, and it's a life unlived that's very real, it's very there. And I can imagine him as a young man having to make some very tough choices, I think, more than anything else. What is my relationship with my father like today? I think it's a very good, healthy relationship. Um, and I think a lot of it is, um, we spend a lot of quality time together and we, we actually speak to one another and we have calm and cool conversations for the most part. And um, he's just, uh, he's a very practical, pragmatic man and very simple man. So he gives me very simple, straightforward advice, whether it is on how to run my business or how to conduct my life or my health, or even when it comes to relationships and men, like I think it's only now that I'm 30, I speak to my dad about these things and he can pull apart a man and who I may like or might be the object of desire for me in a particular time space and he'll just be like yeah no this guy is shit or he I remember one guy he was like he's a fraud <laughs> don't go near him so that way I think it's a very it's a nice relationship he's very um strategic and um yeah he's he's got this sort of like 
calm, cool way of approaching things. And there's something very, um, I don't know, it's, it's a bit very simple about him. One thing I wish he'd change about himself. I wish he'd, um, I wish he'd walk the talk a little better on feminism because he's got this very external view. And this is, I think, a challenge of growing up in the 60s and 70s in India. You have an external perception of feminism, which my father buys into, you know, women at the workplace, equality of pay, glass ceiling, educate your daughters, have daughters, celebrate them, make them, like empower them to make independent choices. All of these things, but he doesn't know how to make a cup of coffee. He won't put away the dishes. He w won't help around in the house. And I find it very incongruous, but I also realize it's part of the system that he grew up in. He grew up in a family where there was never any expectation uh, that he would have to change or he would have to behave in any other way. And so the thing I think I would want him to change is to kind of take up more at home, uh, help out with my mother, with my, with my grandmother, with me, take on more of that labor without it being so gendered uh, at home. I wish he would do what he's able to do at the workplace for his family at home as well. One thing I would never want to change about my dad. Um... I really like that I can have calm and put together conversations with my father. Um, yeah, sure, we have, we've had, it's not like we haven't had screaming matches. We've had screaming matches. I think that happens in most close relationships. Um, but I think there's something quite nice about, like sometimes when my dad comes over and it's just him and I hanging out and talking, this is something that I've started doing very recently because I think before I was understanding of my father, of, uh, my understanding of my father was very much from my mother's lens, you know, um, because I've always been closer to my mom. But like recently, I've, I feel like I've started cultivating a relationship with my dad deeper and understanding his thought processes. So I would not change his, um, his soft-spokenness and this is something I really admire about him. My father knows how to assert his view in the most Gandhian ways possible. Like he, like we've gotten into fights, but for the most part, he does the whole non-cooperation movement where it's like anytime he doesn't get his way, he'll start withdrawing services. <laughs> Being like, you're not getting the car. You're not getting access to this. I'm not going to help you with this. I am just withdrawing services till then. Which, I mean, I do think that's a bit arm twisty and all of that, but I think there's also something to be learned there, you know, that sometimes you don't have to say anything to make a point. And I think that's one thing that I really love about my father is that he will say what he needs to say without saying anything. And um, it's a, that's, that's the skill involved in that. And that also requires a lot of um, willpower and sort of very, um, I don't know what the word is. I think it takes a certain level of resolve to be able to do that. And also like, not needing to explain yourself so much, you know, like I wish I really admire that about him that he just when he takes a decision, he's like, this is my decision and I'm doing it. Um, I wish I had more of that in me um, where that's what it is. He doesn't need validation. He doesn't need validation to do what he wants to do. He does what he wants to do. And I kind of wish I had that more. And that's something I wouldn't change about him.
You know, it's so interesting. I feel like I've come full circle in my relationship with my father, uh, and, I, and I attribute that to the pandemic. Uh, so early on in the pandemic, when we first started isolating, I was super, super apprehensive about, you know, isolating, being at home, uh, being locked in with my parents and my grandparents. I was like, oh, that we're all going to drive each other mad. But actually, something pretty amazing happened. You know, we, we kind of really reclaimed our relationship. And now, if I look back on the pandemic, all of the really wonderful, sweet things, the everyday things, the routines that we built together, many of them are around my father. We go, we go for long runs, five, six kilometers, um, you know, in the mornings, m many days of the week. We do the crossword every afternoon together in the Deccan Herald. Uh, we've been watching our way through Netflix Jeopardy collection. Um, and it's it taken the last two years, it's taken this pandemic for me to realize how deeply similar my father and I are as people. Uh, the ways we look at the world, um, the things we struggle with in our personalities. And so it, for me, it feels now when I'm being asked this question, what, what is it like for us now? It feels like I've come back to full circle. I've come back to that young person who really, really wanted uh, to spend time with her father, to really have that time, and does get it often, every day. My time with my father was always really special to me, especially when I was a child. Uh, I really, really looked forward to the time when he would be at home because he had a job that required a lot of travel. So he would be out of town 20, 25 days a month. Um, and for me, the most special of these times would be um, Saturday or Sunday mornings when he would take me out. Uh, and it would be just the both of us. And we would always do these amazingly fun things. Like when I was a child, it used to be, um, there used to be a bowling alley, not very far from my house, but we would drive down there on Saturday mornings. Um, we'd uh, get a game of bowling in, I would have strawberry milkshake and he would have a beer and we would have french fries. Um, I found out so many years later that he had a way to prevent me from getting gutter balls, like he had a hack that he'd negotiated with the, with the bowling range. Um, when I grew a bit older, when I was in my teens, uh, this practice still continued. We, we still did this every once in a while, once every few months. And um, then it became uh, books. We would go and buy books together in Church Street. And uh, we would um, get a beer for him and a Diet Coke for me. Uh, and we'd just spend the morning together. We'd have lunch at one of our favorite res restaurants, um, Angiti. So as a young child, I mean, growing up, I remember really feeling that my time with my father was some of the highlights of, of my childhood, looking back. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. And we hope to see you next time. For our next episode, we are going to be talking about body image. The episode will release sometime in September. Until then, like, share, subscribe, follow us on Instagram on Pitches Brew India. 
and over to you Alina. until then take care thanks so much for your support thanks for tuning in and we'll see you very soon